With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on? Matthew Bivens here, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Having It All podcast. Today I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited, a little bit, uh, not nervous, but just that like excited energy when you know something big is about to happen, because today's topic is a follow-up from a very explosive conversation that I had with my amazing wife, life partner, business partner, uh, co-parent, Sarah Bivens, who happens to be sitting right across from me right now. How are you, Mama? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast again. Heck yeah, man. This is exciting. (laughs) It is. It is. So about two months ago, we recorded an episode where we talked about abundant love which is our lifestyle, our love style. And we really dove into what abundant love is and explained how we've chosen to really co-create our relationship. And um, it was an awesome, awesome episode. What were some of the things that you remember from that episode? I remember sitting on the couch and being a little nervous before we recorded. I definitely remember yeah. that. And just like that kind of stomach-turning okay, here we go. And then we went into some sort of vortex. And I remember two hours later coming out of it like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it, um, it, I guess that was the phrase, it bears mentioning. Is that, is that a phrase? Sure, let's go with that. Yeah. That the reason why you and I felt nervous about that topic was because we had never talked openly about abundant love in a public forum. Right. And we had talked about it with, you know, some any family members no no family members at that point Uh, a couple but it was something that really stayed within our relationship with some of the partners that we have and 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 all of that but we hadn't really put it out there yeah put it out there so there was some nerves around that episode and um you mentioned it was a long one it was well over an hour and you guys you listening had so many questions which is awesome yes i think And that's one of the things we wanted to do. Um, We wanted to open up this conversation about love, about sex, about marriage, and present to you an alternative way to view the purpose of sex. That's really what Abundant Love is all about. And so in today's episode, what we're going to do is answer your questions. Like I said, you all had a lot. We had 
40 some odd questions that were submitted through uh, email and Instagram and things like that. And we're not going to go through all of them today, but you and I have gone through, Sarah, and sort of picked out the ones that were recurring, the things that we heard a few times, um, and then some of the ones that we think are really important to talk about. And so we're going to get into that, and we're going to read those and dive into them. Um, yeah, it's fun. Like Sitting here right now, I'm not really entirely sure the direction of some of these answers are going to go in, uh, but I think it's going to be a really, you know, a really powerful exercise to go through and talk about this stuff. Um, before we do, though, I want to sort of recap what abundant love is. Because, actually, by the way, let's, if you haven't listened to the episode yet, you need to go and do that first. I highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to the episode on March 20th, and it's called Being an Abundant Lover, How I Create Healing, Empowering, and Joyful Relationships in and Outside of My Marriage. Go and listen to that episode so you can pause right here, go and listen to it, and then come back to this one, because it's going to give you so much context and understanding for really where these questions are coming from, because you'll get it when you listen. But um, as a refresher, because by now you've gone back and listened to the episode, so as a quick refresher, you know, abundant love is really a way of looking at sex. I got so many of my concepts from sex, and Sarah, I want you to jump jump in on this too. I got so many of my ideas about what sex is for, what it looks like from middle school, <laughs> from the health classes in middle school, from the the incredibly immature conversations I had with kids around that time. And that was also the time when I was introduced to porn. And so porn came in and provided a lot of my uh, contextualization around sex, around relationships, around masculinity, around what it looks like to be in that sort of pairing between two people. And that was really what was the foundation for me moving forward. And then I was introduced to the idea of abundant love. Uh, but before we d- dive into that, Sarah, where did your ideas on sex and you know intimacy, where do they really come from? Oh, boy. The biggest sources would probably be the Catholic Church, because I was super Catholic. Uh Yes, so I'll just say that. <laughs> Period. The, yes, there. Uh, and any conversations around that. So, you know, church, Sunday school, uh, school uh, school itself, because uh, I went to a Catholic high school. Soap operas, that's where I oh. under, like saw the concept of what sex even was remotely about, because I would see my sisters and my mom watching soap operas. I'm 14 years younger than my sisters, who are about a year apart. So, you know, big gap there. So the experiences my siblings were having were way, you know, on different planes than than where I was at. But seeing what they were interacting with, like soap operas, I I just got this... I got a lot of programming there and, and you can imagine probably super dramatic and full of emotion yeah, and yeah. Uh, that um, the teeny boppers of the day, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Mandy Moore, uh, Jessica Simpson, who was big about being a virgin. And uh, let's see. And those uh, romantic comedies from like the early 2000s of high school kids exploring their sexualities and, you know, wanting to lose their virginity or, you know, all of that. So I think a combination of those things. And then I had a few friends who were um, a bit more advanced, I guess you could say, and were exploring certain things at um, 
ages that I was not and had no interest in. And I would hear these stories of, you know, what they would be uh, delving into. And I was like, ew, (laughs) that sounds gross. Did he wash his hands first? Like, (laughs) that's the kind of stuff I would be thinking and the, the construct I was coming from. So that's where a lot of my stuff came from. And what's fascinating, you know, you said all of that and then insert a bunch of years, a bunch of experiences later, Abundant Love gets introduced. The thing that I've found over the past year-ish, I would say, is that for the vast majority of us, those thoughts that get laid down then in those like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 age range, some a little bit before and some a little bit later, you know, there are outliers, but those things get laid down and a lot of times don't shift. Yeah. And we, we engage in more mature, elevated things later on. Like we move up as far as our behavior, but the energy and the, uh, emotionality mindset around it doesn't really advance all that mm-hmm. much more i've found and so that was a that was the case from for me yeah and so you're you're playing at this bigger level you know you're playing in the big leagues but you still have like a, a little league mindset yeah. about it um so that's a great way to put it you know your body might be a big league big yeah. league body you know it's developed and those hormones are racing but the way you relate to yourself the way the way you relate to other people and life within a sexual context had not evolved. Yeah, and it was the same for me. Yeah, and and then you know you and I we get together and and we begin our relationship and we 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 brought in those those paradigms, you know that more traditional paradigm the the old paradigm we used to have of sex into the relationship and you know we were having sex and we were we considered ourselves healthy sexual people. Um, yet you and I privately were going through the ringer emotionally in our own ways because we had not, we didn't know any better. And so, you know, for us, when we were introduced to people who had like a very different, I, you know, it was just a, it was a, it was an eye opening way of looking at sex. And I was so fascinated because there was this part of me that, you know, had looked at sex as it was for fun, it was for for procreation, making babies, and you did it because you were supposed to. When you were in a relationship, like, you're supposed to do that. And that was how I viewed sex. And so all of my sexual experiences fell into one of those three buckets in terms of the purpose, right? And then I get into conversations with people who talk about sex being healing, who talk about being able to feel empowered through sexual energy and use that sexual energy and point it into into different you know directions and use it for different things and use it for creating for creation and that sort of stuff blew my mind and so fast forward now where we are today is we consider ourselves abundant lovers and abundant love is simply an alternative paradigm of sex as a, a different way to look at sex and sexual energy, where in the past, sex was for those three things we mentioned, for fun, for making babies, and because you were supposed to, out of a sense of duty. But now, the way that we view sex and our sexual selves is that it's, it's, we're creating these intimate sexual relationships to create ongoing healing in our lives. You know, healing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically even, you know, we view sex now as a way to feel and become empowered 
and to use that sexual energy to create things. And, and lastly, sex for us today is all about having that sustainable joy. You know, how can we be in that orgasmic bliss state and, and stretch that out outside of the bedroom? And that for us has been a huge shift in the way that we view sex, like I've said, and that is abundant love. And we dive into that into the episode. So that's just, I'm giving you kind of a, 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 a kind of a refresh on some of the concepts we get into in that episode. And I think now's a great time to kind of move into some of these questions. Let's do it. I imagine some new questions have been stoked uh, in you listening right now. So we'll, um, this isn't in a real particular order. I think a couple of them I, I put after one another because they kind of flowed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, these come from you. You know, you submitted these questions. You emailed me. Uh, you hit me up on Instagram, and and you wanted Sarah and I to talk about this stuff. So, the very first question is: Do you always share with each other when you've made intimate connections with other people? And so, I guess it it we should mention that abundant love is this you know the way this way of viewing sex. And you and I, Sarah, have chosen to in, to to bring in other people into our sexual experience. And so you have partners that you have all different types of you know, sexual relationships with. And when I say all different types, what I mean is, you know, some of the partners are, are sexual, you know, like intercourse, and then some of them aren't. Same with me. And so I have partners as well. So this question is relating to that. Do you always share with each other when you've made intimate connections with other people? The simple answer is yes. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. It's uh important for that communication and that openness and that transparency in in all ways because that is what we are seeking to create in this experience that we're in together that may not be the case for um other people and other types of love styles or you know things like that whether however you want to label yourself polyamory uh open uh, we're gonna get into that too that's good to get into so i'm glad you mentioned that yeah um I don't know if this is jumping into that, but you know, I've read things or seen examples of things um, of couples who subscribe to that, but don't talk about their engagements, don't share when they're planning or when they do. And if that works for some people, that's great. I don't think it works for me or for us. Um, the whole out of sight, out of mind thing doesn't really do anything or add. Um, and I am clear that by being fully open, honest, and transparent, while there may be some discomfort and some things to work through there, that minimizes any likelihood of victim sort of stuff. Like you did this, you did this to me, uh, or something were to be a consequence or a repercussion of a of an event of a a meetup that wasn't shared. Then that you know it just it plants funky seeds. It's just it's landmines, right? Like yeah, in a yeah. relationship, if you withhold things, a lot of times it comes back to bite you. And and I know you listening can imagine that that's just magnified when you're introducing new people into the mix and different people into the mix. Right. So, you know, for us, yes, we absolutely talk about um, when we've made an intimate connection. And, and there's sort of a process that we go through. So, you know, we, if, if let's say I, that I'm, I'm wanting to, to, you know, connect with one of my partners, um, I'll share that intention with you. Like, hey, I'm thinking of connecting with so-and-so. And we will actually like look at our schedules and see when it 
works. Yeah, because there's a practicality aspect to this in yeah. the sense that we are parents, we are entrepreneurs, yep. we have lives, we have shit we're running and taking care of. So yeah, sometimes it's like pull out the Google calendars and sync them together and make sure that, you know, I can take care of Maya or I can, yeah. you know, whatever so that the space can be created. So sometimes, yeah, it may not sound super sexy. You know, it's not this like, th- that's where it's, it's not like a, Fifty Shades of Grey, nine and a half weeks type of thing. It's like it's part of our lifestyle. So yeah, there there's a scheduling aspect to it. And uh, something really funny I want to throw in there. A lot of times when you're about to set something up with um, one of your partners, there is a great chance and likelihood that she's actually reached out to me first. That tends to be protocol a lot yeah. of the time. And it's not a necessity that that happens, but that just tends to be how it rolls because I feel like the females especially like just are connected in that sort of way. And I also, if there were to be a clause to this question or answer is that we all know every single person Mm -hmm. that we are interacting with and they know each other as well. So there's no surprises in terms of like, Oh, I just met this person and I'd like to go on a date with them. Like there's none of that here. And we'll, I will, I think we'll We'll get get into into a little bit of that more later, but um, this whole sharing when we are planning to get together, it's with the, complete understanding that these are all people we already know yeah. and chances are i've been talking to them too <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah so when it comes to talking with with one another when we've we've connected with somebody um yes we do that a lot of times sarah knows beforehand so and i think one of the questions later on actually i break down yeah, cool. So one of the questions later on, I'm going to break down sort of like how the conversations go. The how step that by step go. kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Um, and just to point out, like you mentioned the whole spontaneity thing and, and the Fifty Shades and, and all of that. Um, I've never seen Fifty Shades. I'm just assuming they like spontaneously have sex all over the restaurants <laughs> and airplanes and stuff. Um, there absolutely is that element. And the reason why that can exist for us is because we have such a high level of trust in one another. And because... Abundant love for us, like Sarah's mentioned, is a lifestyle. With that lifestyle, we've been very clear and intentional on what we want to create. With that clarity and intentions have come things like agreements between Sarah and I. And understandings. Understandings, guidelines for the type of people we interact with, open communication, like Sarah already mentioned, between us and, you know, me and my partners and Sarah and Sarah's partners. Like, there's a whole freaking network of things going on so that hey you want to be spontaneous cool i already i already know that you're you're keeping to your your guidelines and it's staying within our agreement and that you know the trust has been built so that allows for that sexy spicy aspect to it right you know this isn't as this isn't stale like all right 9 30 p.m can i do it uh you know look at your calendar okay does it available all right do we need it's you know what i mean like there's flow in all of this and it's our it's it's by our design so right and with the understanding that when those uh impromptu spontaneous flow type things do pop up there's a conversation after and very shortly after yeah and so that consistency and and that practice adds to that trust that you mentioned cool uh i'm finding after answering this first question that like it's so easy to go down so many paths with this because you know Answering this leads me to think about this. Right. About that. So um, we'll, we'll flow to question number two and 
We'll see. Maybe uh, we'll, we won't do as many tangents. Or it, as we go along, you might come to a question like, oh, we actually kind of talked about this a little bit. So you yeah. just you know, wrap it up a little bit. All right. Question number two. I am totally curious if your family listened to your Abundant Love podcast. And if so, do they reach out to you? That's great. Uh, that's a great question. Um, because when at the time that we recorded and published, we had not had conversations. Like our family didn't know. Um, I think Sarah, you might have had like one of your sisters might have known. No, not at that. Oh, point. okay. None, none of your family knew. One of my sisters knew about our lifestyle and love style, um, but you know, the rest of them did not. So, did they listen? I don't think they listened. I don't think your family listened. I can say with almost a hundred percent certainty that my family yeah. has not listened. Also, that my family doesn't even really know. <laughs> What a pod, what yeah. podcast! I don't are, think my, or what we even do. I don't think yeah. my family knows like what my profession actually is. I, I think the same is is with my family that they did not listen. Um, that they don't listen to the show. I don't get the sense that they listen to the show. I, I've never they never commented on it. Um, however, in the two months since we've published, we recognize that you know what we were withholding from our family. That we have had this this love style for years, going on three years now, and it has been such a huge part of our growth and transformation and healing and such a big reason for us being the people we are today, and they had no idea. And so we decided to have conversations with our family, and what it looked like was me calling up my mom and saying, hey, mom, do you have a few minutes? You know, you calling up your, no, your mom was here. No, you doing the phone? Phone. Okay. You calling up your mom and you talking to your sisters. And since then, we've talked to almost all of our family members one-on-one to say, hey, listen, this is, this is who we are. And, and this is what our lives look like. And, you know, we didn't necessarily go into every single detail of everything, but we were honest with them and we were transparent and we opened up ourselves to you know receive questions from them and that has happened in the past two months since publishing the episode with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, it has. Yeah. Do you want to share any like aspects of that? It's uh, been a mixed bag. Mixed reviews, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was terrified. I was super scared. And um, I was. it was really you who inspired me because we had been talking about it and I knew it was something I was going to do. I knew it was just a matter of time. And then on your way to train a client, I think you called your sister and you just had that conversation. And when I heard you were calling your sister, I was like, all right, 
all right, Matt, it's Band-Aid time. I'm ripping this Band-Aid off. <laughs> so I called my dad and I called my mom back to back, boom, boom, and uh, and had the conversation with them. And, you know, it felt great. But uh, it was it was definitely scary because I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid of them not accepting and then confronting me in some sort of way. I was afraid of uh, just how they would react. Um, and, you know, long story short, my parents were cool. It was, you know, they were, they were cool. Nice. And then your experience quickly? Uh, I wouldn't say as cool. Uh, <laughs> definitely um, some misunderstanding and questions. Great, great questions, you know, in the scheme of if those questions bother me or create things and they're just opportunities for me to explore and, you know, get with myself on because I don't have to defend anything of who I am. Um, all I'm doing is, uh, creating a space for us to have some more transparency and uh, intimacy in, in our relationship, you know, this being the person, whoever I'm sharing it with. And I see this this extension of me putting myself out there to share this with you as trust in you and our relationship that mm-hmm. we can grow as a result of my sharing this. Um, so just a lot of, you know, don't really get it. Um, not the best idea. Uh unsafe think treacherous was a word used in there yeah uh so it's a it's a work in progress you know um that's what i'd say there i think it was a great cathartic thing for me um there was definitely a question at one point of why even tell us like why we could just we could have just gone on living our lives not knowing this and so my question to that was so Oh, the the question was: Are you saying this is so such a big a part of yourself that you couldn't like stand another day, basically, without sharing this? And I'm like, pretty much, yeah. Um, and just just not not really getting that. So it's okay, you know. It's it is what it is. And I mean, in the moment, it sucked. Oh, it sucked and, a little bit. Yeah, you know, the conversations we had for the next couple of days were like just bummed that family was not as accepting and. um you know, and I experienced this with some of my family as well, where they just don't want to know. So like the coolness that I experienced in some of my family was sort of cool. Thanks for telling me. I don't want to ask any questions. I don't want to know anymore. And you know, that that's a hard thing to, to hear when you recognize that like your parents don't want to know who you are because it, is confronting to them. Yeah, that's that's what I think was challenging and the and what was like the kick in the pants about it was was that sort of um feeling and that with everything you do know and understand of who I am and what my life is and how unbelievably blessed and joyful I am and you know look at my marriage, look at my work that I do, look at my child, look at my health you know, this is a part of all of that. This has been yeah. an integral part of creating all of that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not shooting up heroin and telling you that <laughs> I'm happy as a result. So, but to some, that might be the, the same thing. It might be the equivalent of that. Or it might be preferred only in that it's less confronting. Yeah. Because when you're talking about sex and intimacy and relationships, that is one of the most confronting things to people. So yeah, let me deal with a substance abuse issue because I don't want to deal with the sex issue because it makes me think about my own yeah. things. Well, even then, I mean, they're not even comparable things because you said issue. Like it'd be one thing if I was saying I was, you know, like I said, yeah. shooting up heroin. That's a thing to be 
solved and healed and worked through. Whereas I'm like, Hey, this is the thing that actually works for me. This I is know. something I need help yeah. on or something I need rehab on. Uh, so anyway, that, uh, I think that covers pretty well of the little bit of the family stuff and how, um, no, they haven't listened to it to our knowledge. Uh, but there have been some conversations and I think that's just opened the door to more, more powerful and authentic conversations yeah. in, in the future, either with those same people or, you know, to, um, build up that, that strength to have future ones with new people. Yeah. And, and having those conversations, you know, we had them with the people we were most scared to have them with. Yeah. It's like after that. <laughs> exactly. It's like after, after that, I mean, you know, talking to anybody else, it's, it's cool because I faced that, that big fear in me of being judged and the, and the reaction, everything that I said before. Um, but really it was about you and I, Sarah, recognizing that we had been withholding and no longer wanting to withhold. Right. Because withholding the sharing meant that we were also withholding being our true selves and withholding our truest, you know, most pure experience. And that just didn't vibe with us. And so we shared. Great question. Next question is, how, how do you find other partners? Uh, this person asks, I know Sarah talked about how it's not that, not, not that we go through Tinder and swipe to meet like-minded people. So it'd be interesting to hear what a real-life example looks like for both of you. Do you approach connecting with others in the same ways or differently? That's cool. Yes. Yeah. And- I think um, for both of us, we have connected with like our par- our secondary partners. And that's terminology that Sarah and I use. Like, in Fancy our- lingo. Yeah, like it just helps us, you know, like... <laughs> Sarah and I are primaries to one another, and then secondaries are the people that we connect with in in, in different ways. Um, these were people that we already knew, we already trusted, we already loved, and you talked about in this question talked about attracting like minded people. We had attracted those people into our lives well before we saw ourselves as abundant lovers, well before we had even entertained the idea of of you know connecting with other folks correct but there was something like some form of us was attracted to these people because they were in a similar space like mind frame and uh they did end up becoming our secondary partners so that's the best way to answer that question i mean how would you answer that question yeah i would say people who are already in our lives so and this isn't something to another layer of answering this question. This isn't a thing we are actively pursuing and seeking out on a daily basis. Like I'm not going to the grocery store looking for any potential secondary partners. I'm not going outside of any of the circles we've created um, for that. It's, it's not that, that type of thing. Yeah. We aren't adding new people like, Hey, I just met so-and-so at target and you know, I was really feeling. Yeah. That's not an example of what happens Um, because of our guidelines. Right. Because of the agreements that Sarah and I have made, which we'll get into those, those things take time to build up to. Yeah. The type of people that we want to connect with. These are folks that we want to have multi-year long relationships with so that we can truly get to the essence of their character and see who they are and what they're all about. And, you know, and then when, 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 when we're like, yeah, that yeah. person, that person is somebody that I want to experience healing, joy and empowerment with. Right. Yeah. So if someone new happened to enter the sphere, like tomorrow, I mean, I'll speak for myself easily. We would be a year away from any sort of 
intimate sexual interaction easily. So that, that gives you an idea of like, this is some real shit we're talking, like we're not just dicking around, like, no, we're playing for real. And if like, you want to be in my tribe and like a part of my life and my family and like, let's do life together in this unique way this is this is real yeah um and that's yeah and you said let's do life together yeah like and you mentioned lifestyle like this is a lifestyle for us where you know we don't play around with sexual energy like at this point having the realizations and the the understanding and the experiences that we've had like sexual energy is something that you and i hold in very high regard because of its it's just it's power you know like even if you don't connect with some of these the ideas, I know that for me, a lot of times I don't connect with with uh, the vibration of the universe and stuff like that. Like sexual energy is life energy; it's what creates life. You can wrap your mind around that and just and, and the the raw power that happens when two people can come together to actually create life. So that same type of energy, I mean, it's something that we highly respect. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so back to the people we've attracted. I just I think it's fascinating, and sometimes you just can't explain certain things on how the group of people we we interact with uh, assimilated, and then also at their own timelines and like in their own um, uh, iterations came to understanding of who they were and their willingness and desire to practice this sort of, um, love style as well. So we're talking, you know, some couples, some individuals, um, but yeah, they've been people that have already been in our lives. And also another thing you just can't explain sometimes people who I would not have been physically attracted with to, right off the bat to begin with. And it's like through this process of understanding and peeling back the layers and, and coming to a new space of what sex and intimacy and love is, uh, that you can be attracted to energy yeah, and not just that physical, because I'll tell you right now, I don't think any of my partners right now off the bat, I would have been like, Hey, what's huh, going on? It'd be funny when they listen to this and they're like, wait, for real? Well, no, I can appreciate, <laughs> there's a difference between being able to appreciate someone's aesthetics and being like physically sexually attracted to it on just that basis. Um, but no, I can, you know, I think I've told them too. Like I can honestly accurately say that off first cuff, I wouldn't have been into any of them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and for me, like a lot of that has had to do with my emotions leading things. Yeah. And or you your know, peen. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and just being, being pulled by those emotions and those emotions clouding some of my, I don't know, I don't, I don't know the, the right the right phrasing because when when I look at something like energy and I look at who a person is being and I look at how they're showing up for themselves and I look at their consistency and their integrity and their character, that trumps emotion to me. Mm-hmm. And so today I'm attracted to who a person is being and who they're becoming. Yeah, I am. I am not as attracted in your physical state. You know, like there are some things that I get out of somebody who's physically pleasing to my eye. I could say, wow, you know, this person um, feels that they are worthy of the the exercise regimen that they've picked up, whatever, you know. But there are so many more layers to that because there are so many people out there who are incredibly gorgeous and, you know, have all of those physical attributes who internally loathe themselves mm-hmm. and internally are very destructive against themselves and there's a lot of judgment that energy is brought into the bedroom mm-hmm. 
that energy is what then mixes with my energy when we engage sexually. So the physical stuff is so not as important to me. Mm-hmm. And it is not anywhere on our list of guidelines for creating partners. No. It's all about energy. It's all about who these people are for themselves, for other people in their lives, for life itself. It's all about how they're showing up. It's all about who they're being. Yeah. And that in and of itself has been a huge shift for me. Oh, yeah. It, it fucks up your old thinking and yeah you're like damn it why can't i just go sometimes i'm not saying this is what i want but sometimes in those moments you're like damn it why can't i go back to the days where i just like wanted a hunk of meat and you didn't have to be smart or funny or sweet or not like that was easy no it's not easy it's actually not not the the ideal way to be but it's just funny how it it uh, messes with a bunch of the old stuff we're supposed to think and believe like you're supposed to look nice smell nice drive a nice car and do me good yeah, and if you check off those boxes, then then we are poised to have a healthy, thriving, intimate relationship. Yeah. And I mean, come on, think think about that for yourself. Like the person who has the the job that you say that you want, who who looks the way that you want, that has the smell that you want, can do can can, you know, cook dinner like if you found a person with those attributes, does that automatically mean that they're adding to your life force and energy and vitality it's like no those are just surface level things you know like who is that person at their core how do they view themselves like those ideas are so much more powerful and you know when you seek out partners who truly i think embody some of those those values and some of those things and align with principle you know that's where magic happens in the bedroom. That's where intense connection happens in the bedroom when you have two people who are showing up for themselves who then come together and recognize that, wow, we are co-creating this thing. So I'm going down a rabbit hole, but um, that all comes up for me when, when I think about who we connect with. It's important. All right. Um, next question. Did you take baby steps? physically and emotionally, to get to a fully open relationship or did you, did you dive right in? That's such a great question. Yeah. Uh, baby steps, 100,000%. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just mentioned that if someone knew were to pop into the scene tomorrow, it'd be a year before be anything. Year. And that's just with each, you know, individual connection and how those flow, but us together coming into our understanding of this for ourselves and then collectively took time and took dipping a toe in up. Oh, oh, okay. Taking it out. Nope. Nope. Don't want to get in the pool. Like, yeah. okay. One foot. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm going to go hang out over here. It was, it was a little bit like that for a few months. For me, uh, for longer because the idea of being an abundant lover scared me. The idea of having other partners terrified the shit out of me for a lot of reasons because and this is another question that'll come up um jealousy was huge for me my jealousy was so deeply rooted in a codependent relationship was so deeply rooted in seeking validation and love and acceptance and approval from another person and my jealousy showed up all the time because i felt like if you were giving 
attention, time, energy, love to another person, there'd be less for me. Sure. Now that whole thing flies completely in the face of the idea of abundance. Completely in the face of it. That if you give to someone else, there's less for me. That is the opposite of abundance. And so that was one of the things I recognized. I recognized that my jealousy was coming exclusively from fear and scarcity. And that I, at my core, and my heart, truly believed in love and abundance. And so if this thing that's being presented, like this, these opportunities, if it's bringing up such strong feelings of jealousy and fear, then this was an area for me to step into to heal those feelings of jealousy and to heal that fear and to heal that scarcity. So it was baby steps, <clears throat> baby steps for a long time for me because the idea of having sex with somebody was just unfathomable. Let me just go to kissing. Right. Let me just go to kissing another person. Let me just go to seeing Sarah kiss another person. Holy shit. My whole like relationship world, my whole view of what marriage was, all of that shit got totally just blasted apart seeing you kiss someone for the first time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Actually, before that, seeing you hug somebody like a deep, intimate like embrace. That made me terrified. And I'm, this is probably a good time to, to insert that we have different levels. Like there are different levels of intimacy. Of intimacy. Of interaction. Will you, yeah, yeah, will you share them? Sure. Um, so level one is uh, kind of how you would interact with almost anyone you know off the street or, you know, that's kind of like handshakes, hi, how are you, goodbye. So yeah. High fives, handshakes. Yeah, what's up? Um, yep. So it might seem like, okay, that's why would you even have that as level? Just for understanding and for context and then in knowing yeah. like where the playing field is and where we're at with our levels of uh, standard and comfortability with whom we interact with um, ourselves and then who we are comfortable with um, each other interacting with. So that's like your basic. All of you are interacting with tons of people at level yeah. one. Uh, two kicks it up just a little bit in terms of like that big full embrace type yep. of deal that you talked about, um, like a pop, lip kiss like just hi what's up uh so you know a little bit more you wouldn't typically greet your granny that way type of maybe like uh <laughs> yeah like a with that, that like your tight embrace yeah maybe like rubbing like on a person chakras aligned like, yeah type yeah of deal. and uh yeah Pelvic maybe like is touching it, is it like booty grabbing and stuff yeah like it, hands can roam a little bit yeah. high you know so you know if you saw somebody embracing like that you'd be like you'd probably oh, think they were thing. a couple yeah like there's a thing between the two of them right so that sort of thing um level three is uh <laughs> i was to say fluid exchange but that's <laughs> fluid ex- it's uh, like peeing on people no like saliva <laughs> or the other stuff so you know intense, like legit kissing like intense make out yeah, make uh, oral of, yeah, of going down any kind. Another, yep. and then uh four is the full monty so the intercourse is level four yeah yeah and that that just helps us like it helps us to kind of know where we stand and you know okay in order for me to go to level two with somebody what like what is yeah, that who's on like? the table for that yeah or, you know do those need check-ins or you know that sort of thing yeah like do we need to have a conversation beforehand if i'm on level two right you know and for for you and i it's like Three and four, there's conversations that happen. There's intentions that are set. Like, hey, this is what I'm intending. Like, this is what I'm looking to heal from this experience. 
Um, you know, this is what I want to create out of this experience. This is what I want to create for myself. Here's my intention for you. Here's my intention for the other person. Here's my intention for their partner. Like we, we go through all of that. And I think you mentioned something to this extent earlier uh, that we are on different levels of engagement and intimacy with different partners. So True. I'm not at level four type of interaction with all of my partners. Yeah. Cause we're just, you know, we're building to that or it's like, it's an ongoing thing. So it's, you know, I felt like that uh, was important to state that yeah. there are variations to uh, the types of engagements we have with the types of people. Yeah. And just because somebody like, you know, me and, and my partner might be flowing at level four and we're open for lovemaking. It's like, you know, somebody might do something or show up in a certain way that you're just like, you know what? I want to, I want to back off a little bit because the energy that you're bringing to the mix right now, it's just, I'm not feeling it or, you know, vice versa. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's something that, that's going on in my life. So yeah, let's get into integrity. Let's get some things yeah. aligned and then we can proceed with what yeah. you know, we're about. But that's where the accountability and the communication comes in and is so important because you just stated very well the whole thing of how much we honor uh, and hold in such high regard sexual energy and, and how precious it is that when things are getting a little funky out of whack, that needs to be looked at and, and rectified. Otherwise, it's going to have a huge ripple effect. It ripples through all of everyone. It. So, um, yeah. So it's it's important to to have that check in. Just like I would ex- you would expect with just one partner, and that's the only person you're interacting with. Like constantly checking in and make sure that the relationship is is rolling at the level that you want it to, and is creating all the things that you want it to. Yeah, yeah. And so this was like a big aside because it was, I was talking about the baby steps. And so I was terrified of being an abundant lover because it meant me confronting so many of those things that I had, that had been forged in my youth and through porn and through my previous sexual relationships, all the things, like all the, the, the beliefs that I had about myself and sex and marriage, all of that stuff that was just like, it felt like it was chiseled in stone it had the potential to all be blown up through abundant love. And that was scary for me. So baby steps, absolutely. Like it took a long time to get to level two with with people. And then progressing to level three felt just terrifying. And then progressing to level four was was incredibly scary. And so there have been baby steps for both of us throughout this entire experience of, of getting to this lifestyle that we're in right now. And you know, it's it's interesting because as we're sort of describing all this stuff and then there's levels and there's communication and there's intentions, I imagine that you listening and hearing that are like, this shit sounds complex as hell. It sounds exhausting. And the reason why Sarah and I can can vibe at the level that we're at right now with it and it's just, it is like it's our lifestyle now is because it took us years to get here. It took us years of of going through breakdowns, of conversations, of having massive breakthroughs, of tears, of frustration, of jealousy, of amazing orgasmic bliss, of all of it. it. Took years of that to get to a space where you know we've got these the the, the partners that we've created and and we've got the lifestyle and love style we've created. So I get it if it seems crazy looking at it from the outside in. Um, but just know that this has been in the making for a long, long, long time. All right, next question. Do you and Sarah tell each other every time you are with someone else? Cool. This goes back to the earlier question about, um, let me see, what was it? 
uh, yeah, if we if we always share about the connections. Um, again, the answer is yes. And what I wanted, what I mentioned back then, what I teased was breaking down like how the communication happens. Cool. Yeah. So where does it normally start? How, yeah, how, like, does, it, how does it flow? If, uh, if we're with somebody else, yeah. So, you know, we're playing for full transparency and, and all of that. So when the idea of, let's say, you getting with one of your partners, mm-hmm. you having a date with right. a partner comes, where does it, what happens? Uh, it's usually me talking to that partner and establishing that's what we want to do. So that intention is set right off the bat and or with that conversation, either simultaneously or on the tail of it, I communicate to you and to their partner um, what that intention is. And so that's kind of how it kicks off is just make sure everyone's clear that this is a thing that's going to be happening, even though it may not be 100% set on the calendar. It's like, you know, put the bat signal out, you know, yeah. like kind of like a just letting you know this is happening. Let's do something. Let's do, this came to me. Like, let's role play as if we are, we're like having that conversation. Okay. You know, so for example, so, you know, I'm, I'm in a text message thread with, with like I'm a text with one of my, one of my partners. And, okay. You know, we're just, we're kind of like just chit chatting about life. I'm like, Hey, what's up? How are you? You know, how's your day flowing? And Oh, cool, cool. And you know, Hey, listen, that it's been a little while since we've connected. So I wanted to try to set something up with you and, and hang out. You know, I just want to be in your energy and just love on you. Like what's, what's your calendar look like? And she might go back and share the calendar and, I was like, all right, cool, cool. So it looks like maybe Friday is open. All right, let me just double check. And so I'll say something like, Sarah, you know, I'm looking to connect with so-and-so like Friday evening. You know, are you cool with that? Do you have anything going on? Mm -hmm. And that's when I say, yeah, sure, totally. Absolutely, that's open. Or I like need to figure this out, but we can make it happen. I don't think there's ever been a blatant like, no, that's not cool in terms of what the thing is. Maybe that night doesn't work, but it's like a scheduling thing that would prompt me to say like mm, can we do this instead uh but very i don't even think it's ever popped up to her. i've been like uh no because if that stuff comes up together then, with her yeah then we work on it like right because that's indicative of something then yeah that is coming up yeah like there's something there and so you know i'm not gonna have a partner that you're just like hell no you are not connecting with that with that chick and you know yada yada because we would talk about that and we that we dig into like all right, what's what's beneath that so anyway back to the role play so now i know that friday night is cool it works for both of us and so what i would do and one of the guidelines that we have is that we only connect with people who are in we only go to like level four like lovemaking with people who are in committed relationships so people who have boyfriends girlfriends or are married correct like that's just one of our standards yep and so at this point after friday night works then I'm going to send out like a group text and be like, hey, you know, so-and-so and I are planning on connecting Friday night and, um, you know, just kind of like bring all four parties into the conversation. And then let's say it's Friday af- Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Um, at this point, what I want, like I'm getting into that mindset of, oh, cool, I'm excited, you know, I'm about to hang out with so-and-so, you know, we're going to like grab a coffee and then, you know, it's going to be on and popping. So, what we'll do is I'll set, I'll set out a text and I'll set intentions. I'll be like, you know what? Here's what I'm looking to experience, looking to get out of this experience. You know, right now, you know, I'm playing for just really working on expressing how I feel in the moment or I'm working on, 
you know, really asking for what I want, or I'm working on truly serving, you know, the goddess, and that's what I'm playing for, and I want to take the energy from tonight, and I want to, you know, put it towards the podcast and really come out with some just badass, like super raw content, and that's how I want to, you know, take from this experience. And for Sarah, I'm looking for just you know, continued healing and sisterhood for you and whatever it is, right? And I'm setting intentions for what I want to experience with all four people. And then Sarah, you would do the same. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like putting out an order to the universe by yeah. capitalizing and taking taking advantage of this energy that's being created. And if we believe in the ability to transmute energy and um, have it carry over and cross over into all aspects of our lives, it's like, hey, you're going to be in the presence of and in the creation of some high power shit here. So when you're doing that, keep in mind these things to yeah. visualize. Like it's a powerful visualization tool and manifestation uh, practice. So, and there are residual uh, impact and effects to it that reach far beyond you know, just you as a person, it's like your primary partner and then to everything that you do by extension. So, uh, it's just a way of, yeah, putting, putting in an order to the universe, like, Hey universe, this is going on today. And it's like, it's like when you meditate, you think about what you want to be, you know, all of that's, or when you pray or it's, yeah. it's just very similar, honestly, in that respect. So yeah, each, each person typically shares, you know, what, what's going on for them right now. And then, you know, whatever sort of intentions or affirmations they want to hold for the, for the rest of, of the group. And, uh, it's, it's pretty beautiful. I mean, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. How many people get really powerful affirmations like that consistently, you know, from people around them, uh, and around, uh, a thing, a connection that has so much potential for healing, joyful energy. Totally. Totally. So, I absolutely love that that piece of it. Um, and then, you know, Friday night happens and, and I go and have my date and connection and it's great and um, come home and either immediately after or maybe the next day, depending on just life, um, Sarah, you and I will have a conversation a about recap, it. Yeah. yeah, like a recap. And, you know, I might, I'll, I'll talk about what happened and, and, you know, you appreciate the play-by-play, kind of knowing like what went down. And so I'll share what went down. Um, and you know, we'll go into detail. It's like, there's no, there's no reason for me to withhold and you'll ask questions where you want. And, you know, we'll talk about like, what did we learn about ourselves in that experience? Cause there's always learning about yourself to be done, to be had. We don't always do it. We don't always recognize it, but man, in every single sexual encounter, every sexual experience, you can learn something about yourself. And so we'll talk about that. Like, Hey, this is what I learned. And this is how I felt. And this is what came up for me because shit comes up for you too. Like, man, in this moment, like I started thinking about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I started to think about my performance and everything and I got real in my head and this happened and all of that is just learning opportunity. And because you and I are constantly looking to level up and sharpen our saws and just live into our personal mission statements, it's, it's just a beautiful thing and important thing to talk about what came up for us. So we do that. And then nine times out of 10, what happens after one of us has had an abundant love experience? We usually make love again. Like powerfully. Yeah. Because there's just some, it's, it's some, it's like unexplainable when Sarah, you've been making those 
deposits on yourself and you you've loved on yourself and you've you know really repped your self-worth by being with someone else by being with someone else who truly honors you and you've done all that that shit just lights me up and i i find you so incredibly attractive in those moments like because of who you're being right and so 90% of the time you and i are like it's on and popping in big ways afterwards and i'll tell you especially fellas listening i'll tell you that shit made no sense to me hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus made zero fucking sense to me when all of this first started and even today it does not make logical sense i cannot compute the fact that i get so much fulfillment and excitement around sarah connecting with other people being loved on, loving on other men, like it just it's the truth. Like that energy, I can't deny that energy. And that was such a huge part of the fear and all the shit that was coming up for me over the years that we built to this. Because I wanted to make sense of it and I couldn't. And once I stopped trying to, once I surrendered to it, like everything changed for me. Yeah. So That's cool. That was really well said. Tangents galore in this conversation. <laughs> All right, next question. How is this different from swinging or being polyamorous? Oh, so, yeah. I didn't know that question was in there. Uh, how is it different? Well, I think the biggest thing is that abundant love is really a mindset. Yeah. Um, and you can be an abundant lover. I think we mentioned this earlier in any of those constructs. You can be of the space of abundant love and be polyamorous and be a swinger and be monogamous. Uh, yeah, because abundant love is all about, again, I'll say it again. It's all about creating intimate sexual relationships with people for the purpose of healing, empowerment, and joy. You can have intimate sexual relationships with yourself and still hold that purpose and that intention, right? So you can be an abundant lover and be single, be in a monogamous boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, a monogamous marriage, be polyamorous, be swinging, be in a heterosexual, homosexual relationship. It doesn't matter because abundant love is truly a mindset. It's a way of looking at sex. Right. It doesn't put you in a box does not put you in a box and that's the, like the most beautiful thing about it to me so we don't like boxes no nah. no nah, because what happens when you when you create walls around people they push against them mm. they try to get out of them mm. and they try all sorts of ways i know when i was in a monogamous 
uh, relationship with somebody and there was walls around it that I put up because I felt like I needed to. I tried all sorts of ways to push against those walls. You know, I was very secretive with my porn and watching it this and like, I mean, like there, I remember, man, I remember like sitting and watching TV and looking at, I wasn't looking at porn, but I was on the computer looking at like a, a website forum I used to go to and there was a post about like, you know, hot chicks with big butts or something. <laughs> and I just, I wanted to look at it while she was right there because I wanted to push against the walls of that relationship. You know what I mean? So yeah, abundant love is so different because it's a mindset. Well done. Cool. Uh, next question. Don't you get jealous and how do you deal with that? Talked about that a little. Yeah, don't you get jealous, Sarah? Um, I mean, I guess yes. I don't. I wouldn't always have classified it like that, and I never thought myself to be a jealous person. And so I think it's just been interesting how we've shifted dynamics and like how things have swung back and forth over the years of our our growth in this. At any given point in time, you could argue that one of us was moving a little bit more powerfully than the other in it, just in in general. Um, so. Yeah, some things some things of jealousy that have popped up for me have been uh around time, you know, time scarcity, you know, because of the way our lives are to go just off and spend 4 hours with someone or however long. It's like we don't always get that. Like you and me don't always get that or like with the way that our our lives are run with having a kid and everything. Uh so sometimes there's some time scarcity or just like energy you know or a little bit of fomo fear of missing out like what are they talking about what are they doing or, yeah. you know, some of that might come up every once in a while um and, and very you know small little blips uh one thing that i would say popped up that took a little bit more energy to kind of move through was this feeling of and i guess it's a strain of jealousy but it really what it really comes from is my own shit and needing to deal with my own like worthiness conversation but that you would experience something sexual with someone else that you weren't experiencing with me but that's not where it would bother me it's that you got to experience it with someone else and then as a result of experiencing it with someone else were let down in some way that you weren't able to experience that thing in exactly the same way with that person with me that's where i was like so Fuck. like a certain position or yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, something that, you know, someone likes a lot that you happen to like a lot too. And then when the two of you are together, it's like, you know, this and you wanting to recreate that with me um, and me not being able to is like the conversation in my head. And that's not the abundant uh, way of looking at it, you know, that you can have it all, that you can experience um, certain things with certain people in that very unique way, in the way that only you and that person can do that. Uh, and that with me, you've chosen me for a reason and we are primary partners for a reason. And what we create together is unique, you know, in and of itself. So just coming back to all of that uh, has been helpful when that bug wants to creep in. Yeah, and that's a hell of a bug. It's like, I talked about this in a, a couple episodes ago, you know, I wanted my partners to fulfill me in every way before this, past, before what yeah. we've created. Yeah. I wanted my part, my partner, like whoever I was with that one, my girlfriend at the time, for example, to love every position that I wanted to get into, to love every uh, level of vigor, of speed, 
of intensity and to be open to all of it. And like, that's what I wanted, right? And so when it, when I didn't have that frustration set in and this and that, all sorts of different things. And so going back to what you talked about with some of the jealousy stuff, it's like in this new abundant mentality that we have, I don't have to be everything for you and vice versa. Like you don't have to be every single thing for me. You know, you don't have to, and that's, that's a huge weight off of one another because you don't have this expectation that, you know, you are going to fulfill me in every single way because that's just not realistic. I don't believe it is. So uh, I'll speak about my jealousy. I've talked a little bit about it. Um, Tons and tons of jealousy for me. And early on, I recognized that my jealousy was a huge opportunity for healing, that my jealousy was indicative of my views about myself. It was my my challenges with self-worth, my challenges with my confidence. Um, my jealousy was was really rooted in a lot of stuff. So even though I felt jealous and it made things very hard, um, I always was like, I can get over this jealousy. I can get over it. I don't have to be a jealous person. And it was that belief that I didn't have to be a jealous person that really kept me in the game because otherwise I probably would just been like, fuck it. This is no, this is not, I am not, I, I draw the line at this because I am not willing to confront this feeling I have about this, you know, you leaving me, right? Like if I dug down a little bit, it was about you leaving me. I'm too, too afraid of you leaving me to even entertain any of this stuff. So, you know, the jealousy cropped up in all sorts of ways in all of the different levels. And uh, there's still pangs of it today. I don't know if it'll ever go away, but I, I'm able to look at it differently today than I did when we first began. Um, jealousy was a big part of a big thing that messed up my relationships in the past, you know? So that was, that was it. Uh, next question. What impact has this had on your primary relationships? So what impact has being in a bundle lover had on primary relationships? Um, when I was preparing for this with you, read this question, I thought, ooh, this is great. Let's look at what we wrote down in our agreement. Because we, we put together an agreement document that talked about like, you know, what do we want to get out of our primary relationship? What do we want to get out of our secondary relationship? What are the standards? Like, in order for us to interact with people, you know, we want them to be this type of thing or whatever. And so I thought it'd be cool to read what we wrote down for the purpose for secondary relationship to answer this question. Do it. Because this is exactly the impact that it's had. Right. So why don't you go with the first first few and then I'll do the last few. Okay. Purpose for our secondary relationship. It's to create new avenues of healing, to bring powerful, fun, loving energy back to our primary relationship, to create more intimate and empowering relationships that support us in understanding ourselves as individuals and as a couple. That's awesome. And that is a great, those are just some of the things. And that really describes what we get out of um, of being abundant lovers. Yeah. So the rest of them, to learn new ways in which we can open up, receive, and give and manifest. To continue to live into our respective titles of humble badass for you, Sarah, and beast mode for me. Those are titles that we've given ourselves like, you know, Sarah's playing to be a humble badass and I'm playing to be in my state of beast mode consistently. Um, to constantly be learning anew about ourselves, love, intimacy, 
what marriage is, what it means to be in a primary relationship, and abundance. Not thinking we know it all, choosing to create our own path and truth rather than following blindly what's been handed to us. Um, and finally, the purpose of you know, these secondary relationships is to foster an intimate and loving, loving community for us to live in, to raise our family in, and, and to influence. So those are all of the things that we said we wanted to get out of Abundant Love, and those are all the things that we've gotten out of it. Mm. I think that's a perfect way to answer that question. All right, we have a few more. Uh, how do we go... So this person asks... Oh, this is great. This, this shows this person is curious. How would I go about integrating Abundant Love into my life? Go for it. You do it. Cool. Well, I mean, Abundant Love is a mindset. So really, the, the, the first thing I think is just wearing on, like, what does it feel like to adopt that mindset? You know, mindsets and beliefs, they're like clothing. You can just wear it on for a little while, walk around in it, see how you feel, and then take it off if it doesn't serve you. So I think integrating this into your life is really just taking a look at that mindset, looking and recognizing, have your sexual experiences in the past been dropped into the buckets of fun, duty, and procreation? Have you looked at intimate sexual relationships as healing? Do you see where you can heal you know, your old beliefs about yourself, your beliefs about other people, your beliefs about life and about marriage? Do you see the, that possibility? Do you see where, you know, your sexual intimate relationships can be empowering? How you can take that energy that's cultivated, that powerful life-generating energy, and not just experience it and be in that, like, that state, but then use it, right? Funnel it, you know? Leave a sexual experience and, and go and now dive into your business, right? And go or go and create your artwork or go and love on your family in an intense way. Like whatever it is, buying into the idea that you can do that with that energy. And then understanding that like when we're in these beautiful sexual experiences and we're experiencing that orgasmic joy, right? And that levity that we, that we all oftentimes feel and that bliss and that sense of freedom and that sense of vulnerability that's so powerful and that excitement that that right there, that state can be sustained, can be had. Like you can feel aspects of that. Maybe you're not walking around with a buzzing orgasm all day long, but you can feel some of that, those vibes outside of the bedroom. So I think it really is about examining yourself in your intimate sexual experiences, examining how you've shown up in the past and how you're showing up today, and then seeing, you know, does it work for you? Are you being fulfilled in the ways you want to be fulfilled? Do you know how you would like to be fulfilled? You know, are you are you doing things because that's what you were told however many years ago? You know, or is there room for a different belief to be worn on about what sex can mean for you and what those that intimacy can mean for you? Very well said, Mr. Bivens. How would you answer? I have nothing to add to that, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, there's cool. no point. <laughs> you can do this next one then. Uh, next question is, and we have two more. This is question number 10. How does abundant love heal? Ooh. Well, I can say for myself, what abundant love has provided avenues for is going back to that teenage self, that preteen self of me 
and recoding, rescripting uh, what those first beliefs were that were laid down and uh, the ones that kept me in a disempowered, victim-like, scared, shameful space of sex. And uh, just through practicing the statement of sex being healing, sex being for empowerment, and sex being for joy, just by doing that, like literally saying it or writing it down, repeating that over and over creates a new pattern, creates a new possibility. And so you don't, before even getting into any of the physical intimacy of it, just by having those conversations around what its possibility is and what the, the energetic implications of it are is, is healing just off the bat. Uh, yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and every single interaction, whether it's a conversation to a physical engagement, is just an opportunity for me to connect with myself more. And uh, as a result, go out and be the badass mother that I am. Like, yeah. mother in, in all ways, not just mother, but, you know, badass mother. Uh, <laughs> like Sam Jackson would say. Exactly. <laughs> Totally. So <laughs> that's how that's how it's been healing for me. Yeah, mine's a lot of the same. You know, like I had so many disempowering ideas around sex for so long, and I didn't know any better. I, I had never been introduced to any different way of looking at it. Um, I just picked up what I had seen. I picked up what I watched, and I just wore it on. And it did, you know. It wasn't all unhealthy, but boy, the things that were unhealthy impacted my self-esteem, impacted my body image, impacted what I believed I was capable of, and that rippled through the rest of my life, you know, like with school, with career, with just so many things. It's just fascinating how many things, you know, like when we get into those intimate relationships, like when we get into the bedroom, we strip down physically, right? And there's a level of vulnerability by being naked. But there's so much, there's such a deeper level of vulnerability that we can go into by truly bearing ourselves. By truly saying, you know what? This is me and all my shit. I'm bringing it right now. And when we do that, and when you're open to that idea and you, you can look at that stuff, and even if you're afraid of it, and even if it's it's really confronting, you still are okay with shining some light on it. You begin to heal simply by shining a light on those areas that are that that are damaged, or those areas that are weak, or those areas that are whatever. Like you begin to heal them simply by acknowledging them and shining a light. And they're really—I don't know of a a more powerful setting to practice that level of vulnerability than in the bedroom. That's where my healing has come from, by showing up and being totally vulnerable, not just because I'm standing there nude, but because I'm bearing myself fully in those moments. And the person that I'm across from, whether it's you, Sarah, or whether it's somebody else, like they know that about me. 
and they know that I'm bringing my full true self to the mix. And they know that when we combine our energies together, like I'm bringing me. And that has been so healing because if I want to show up fully in that experience, then I got to look at the stuff that's preventing me from showing up fully. That's preventing me from being my most badass self. Because for so many years, I was bringing myself to the equation and it was not my greatest self. It was my judgmental self. It was my fearful self. It was my scarce self. It was my fill in the blank. Right. And all I was doing was adding that, those ingredients into the soup that I was making with my partner at the time. And so, yeah, sex wasn't what it could have been for us because I was bringing all that stuff. So that's how abundant love can heal by adopting that mindset that Sarah said and stepping into every sexual experience with that mindset. There's so much potential for healing. It's unbelievable. All right. So oof, is this the last one? This is the last question. And I think this is probably one of the biggest questions. Um, yeah, I think it is. Here it is. If you feel the need to do this, then you either don't really love the person you are with or you don't need to be married or in a relationship. So why get married if you want to have this kind of lifestyle? Right? Like, why get married? If you want to be with other people, then why even get married? I get it. Yeah, it's a a totally valid question. Uh, My, our answer is... What's your answer? Like, give your answer because I'm going to give my, like, yeah. Okay. I'm nodding. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because it's different for both of us. I okay. Think. Yep. Yep. Uh, why get married? Because I want to. <laughs> because I want to be married. Uh, there's a lot of benefits I receive from being married, not just legally, uh, but <laughs> yeah, not just tax. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's all. I'm, that's all I'm in it for. Uh, there. What do I want to say? Marriage. Marriage. Marriage is what, marriage <laughs> is what brings us together. Is whatever you make it is what I found. The biggest lessons about marriage so far in this for me is that marriage is not one definition. And the dynamics of one's relationship um, all the way up to marriage and everything in between uh, is whatever your agreement is. And we came into this agreement with the understanding that that's what we wanted to create. We wanted to get married. We wanted to have babies. We wanted to, you know, have a home together. Um, and this was before we came into the understanding of being abundant lovers. Um, so I, I can't say with a hundred percent certainty and hypothetical and what it would look like if we came into the understanding of abundant love and we're practicing it before we were married, I think I would still want to get married. Absolutely. Um, At, because let's go back up and read like, what, what was the purpose for this stuff for us? It was to create healing is to bring powerful, fun, loving energy back to our primary relationship and bring it back to our marriage. So right. I could say with like, with zero doubt that boy, we would be married even if abundant love was something we dove into before. That's how I feel. Yeah. And that 
one of the biggest things I've experienced in this uh, whole thing has been that loop back that I refer to it as that loop back effect and how it comes back to us. It bolsters us, supports us, empowers us like in, in all ways and just uh, inspires us to reach new levels of intimacy with ourselves and then with each other. So with all of that, I mean, because I want to be. And you could have this lifestyle, love style, and not be married. And that's fine. I mean, it's it's whatever your agreement is and what you want to experience. Yeah. So marriage happens to be an experience I was and am interested in. Yeah, me too. Me too. And for me, it's like, why get married? Because we can have it all. Because we can have an amazing, powerful, completely synergistic and synced up marriage and have people that we connect with regularly that add back to the, to our partnership. Yeah. Because we can. You know, and and that is a beautiful thing. Right? Like you I mean you really summed it up nicely that marriage is what you want to make it. Marriage is a type of it's it's a stage in a relationship that some people want to experience and others don't. And the same way that you get to create whatever type of relationship you want, you get to create what type, whatever type of marriage you want. And so, you know, I think it's like, when I think of marriage, marriage is my commitment to build a life with you, Sarah, to have kids with you. I'm not interested in having kids with any of my secondaries. Nor am I. I'm not interested in building, you know, a a, a life and, and, go, and going on my my path, walking along my path with any of my other secondaries. I'm only interested in that with you. And so marriage is just one of the wrappings around our relationship. Yeah, it's like you're my king, I'm your queen, and then we have our court. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's we, we totally refer to ourselves as king and queen, you know, and, and um, we have those people who see us as the king and queen of our relationship, of our marriage, and they support that. And like that's such a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And 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 we do the same for them, for those people who we that we engage with who are in those relationships. It's like, man, I I love both of you in your relationship and I want nothing but the absolute best. And I want to show up for you for for that relationship and, you know, honor all of that stuff and and you know, we've we've created it. And, you know, we use language like that, like created and intention and stuff like that. But, you know, it was something that you and I recognized we wanted, right? Like it, Clearly, because we attracted it and yeah. here we are. So it's just, you get to choose from there. What you're going to do? Who are you going to be? Yeah, and like just, you know, going back to this idea of having it all, you know what I mean? And not needing to stifle ourselves not needing to silo ourselves and we do that in our life experience right like we we are so comfortable with us fully expressing ourselves and being fully fulfilled that when it comes to the type of relationship we want we don't need to stifle it we don't need to say well that type of relationship is not for us because of what we're doing it's like no we can experience marriage and be married and have all those amazing aspects of marriage, wear the rings, you know what I mean? And 
have everything else as well. Here's something I'm going to throw in there. I don't think we directly mentioned it, um, but if I were to be a listener, um, how many partners do each of you have? Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that. I don't think we did. All right. Um, oh, excuse me. I got the hiccups. How many partners? Let's see. I'll do. I'll count. Okay. Yeah, well, you on. count. I have three. 17. Shut up. 20, You're ridiculous. 20, 20. Yeah, because of, that's valid, though, because someone's probably wondering, like, yeah. okay, so how many people we're talking about here? Five. Like, okay. You have five. I have three. Yeah. And so on any regular basis, I might interact with one of the five you know, once a week and just sort of kind of go through a, I guess not a rotation, but you know, it's not like a Rolodex or a little spinning wheel. <laughs> Imagine but, if we had like a, a, a <laughs> slot machine type of oh device. Yeah. Like in our kitchen, it's like, all right, who are we going with this week? Oh God. <laughs> like Price is Right style. Oh gosh. And maybe there'd be like three or four pictures on one little square. I'm like, come on, five some. Someone was thinking of that question too. You know, the like, do everybody interact and engage together? Sometimes. It depends. Yeah, it depends on the, the person or the couple and um, what we want. But, uh, ooh, can you think of any other questions like that? So, how many people are we talking? Is there a crossover? Is there cross pollination? What does that even mean? Oh, no, I guess the pollination question probably people think about pregnancy. Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. Like pregnancy and... and um, well, we just established that that's not what we're playing for. And stuff like that. Yeah. We just... So uh, no, no pregnancy. That comes with uh, high communication and practice of uh, body and mind <laughs> and cycle tracking. Yeah, definitely. The cycle tracking goes in there. Um, for me, there's been a lot of just self-practice, ejaculation control things like that. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's, I mean, of course, that's a, that's something that comes up with all this. I mean, if, when you're dating people, you know, like, let's say you're dating people and you, you aren't in a uh, serious monogamous dating relationship, those same types of questions come up around pregnancy, around um, disease. And for us, it goes back to uh, communication you know, communicating and everybody being open and there being a high level of trust and, and transparency amongst everyone about sexual history, about what's going on with the, their bodies physically, um, about just any potential of that stuff. And that's, you know, that hasn't always been easy because just talking about that stuff or just asking somebody, you know, it's an awkward thing like, uh... Do you have any diseases? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never just blatantly said that to a person, but I've had those conversations with with my my secondaries, and I know you have as well with yours. So, just communication on all of those fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all of our questions that you all have submitted what for now. Great? For now, right? Anything else come up for you? You think of anything? Not at this moment. Cool. I mean, this has been awesome. This has been pretty comprehensive, I would say. Yeah. And um, it's cool because, you know, we, we knew what questions you were going to answer. For some of them, there was a, a little bit of prep, but for a lot of it, I didn't really know how we were going to flow with it. And so there was tangents galore, and it's great. Just kind of like, all right, we got to unpack this stuff because this is, 
This is about sex. This is about intimacy. Like this stuff is this deep. No pun intended. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? I'm awesome. This yeah. has been, yeah, whew, been, <laughs> been in it for a while. I'm, like my legs are cramped up and stuff. <laughs> I need a I need a water break. I need someone to come uh, pat me down and I know, right? massage my shoulders. Cool. Uh, well, if you have any other questions, reach out. Go to the website, havingitallpodcast.com, and uh, you know, get in touch. Share your questions because if I'm happy to answer them whether it's just in an email exchange or whether it's an actual other episode or something. But um, this stuff comes up, questions come up, um, because when we're talking about new paradigms of love and intimacy and sex, I mean, shit comes up. So Sarah and I are, you know, we're not saying we're experts in any of this stuff. You know, we've put in a lot of years of very, very intentional, very confronting, very intense work on ourselves to get to the place we are now. But we also recognize that I mean, we're relative babies and everything. Like, it's just, it's an ongoing journey and process. So we're open to new levels of understanding. We're open to answering more questions and getting into future conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've talked about it on my show as well. I did a solo episode of, you know, my perspective of the experience um, on the Balance of Motherhood podcast, which I know some yeah. listeners, you know, jumped over to after hearing us talk and we're like, oh, I want to hear, you know, that perspective. And wouldn't you know, it's one of my most popular episodes. I think it's your <laughs> the most popular. Yeah. So if you're interested in, in um, hearing exclusively Sarah's perspective and you go into detail on, I think, a few other things then uh yeah go listen it's balance and motherhood podcast and you can find it on your website sarahbivens.com you can find the links to that podcast and i don't remember the title of it is it how being an abundant lover makes me a better mother cool cool that's awesome so go check that out get in touch with us and thanks for hanging out this has been beautiful it's been awesome and uh, sarah and i truly appreciate you and sarah i'm very grateful to you for coming on another episode oh absolutely love thank you Awesome. My name is Matthew Bivens, and that is Sarah Bivens. And here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.